Hello, and welcome to the CEO Blind Spot Show, where leaders reveal their blind spots and best practices. I'm your host, Birgit Camps, and today's guest is Dr. Rena Jogi, who is the co-founder and managing director of Village Dermatology. So you are a double certified doctor in both internal medicine and dermatology. So yeah. welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much, Birgit. It's so nice to be here. Thank you. It's not often that I get to speak with a doctor who's double board certified. So tell me real quick, how did you manage that? And why did you want to do that? That's not easy. <laughs> well, when I first went to medical school, I was very interested in internal medicine. I had this desire that I wanted to treat the entire individual. And I really hadn't considered dermatology during medical school. Then about halfway through my residency, I started having all these experiences that started pointing towards dermatology as a field. But but I do like to finish what I start. So I finished my internal medicine residency, but in the back of my mind was pursuing dermatology and trying to figure out how to make that happen. So after I finished internal medicine, I took a year off and then was fortunate enough to start a dermatology residency. If you asked my husband though, he would say that I wasted probably three years, but I like to look at it as extra knowledge never hurts. And I do think it helps me relate to my patients and also referring physicians a lot better. Yes. And your husband's a doctor himself. So he I guess he was looking at, he's looking at it from different eyes, but we did our internal medicine residencies together as well as medical school together. But he likes to joke and I, I joke back. Yes. And my daughter likes to joke with your daughter, which is how we met. And I'm very grateful for that. You know, I also happen to know that you got your undergrad in economics from Rice University. So I, I can see that your challenge would be figuring out what you want to focus on because you're so good at so many things things. And earlier you said you really felt led into dermatology. And, and can you say a little bit more about what finally got you to go there? And you graduated in one of the top of your class in medical school. So obviously you're good at that too. Well, thank you. My other choice was pursuing a pulmonary critical care fellowship. And I thought long and hard about that. I liked the ICU type work, or I liked the exact opposite of that, which was patients who were relatively healthy and had problems that you could fix. And I struggled with trying to decide. And ultimately, I just felt more led towards dermatology because I felt that I had a chance to make meaningful differences in patients' lives and also treat a large number of patients. It's a relatively fast-paced specialty with a lot of variety, and it keeps you from ever being bored. And that variety, I think, has been very important for my job satisfaction. So I feel like I made the right choice, and I am very happy to be doing what I do. And I know a lot of people are really happy you do what you do too. And I saw you on the the show where it was interesting. You made a statement that people actually get more emotional about hair loss than about melanoma. And you are now one of the national leaders in platelet-rich plasma injections for hair loss. Can you say more about that? So I am. I'm very fortunate to be able to treat a lot of hair loss patients. And what's funny about that is I made that statement and I actually received a very angry phone call from a patient who felt I was minimizing melanoma. So I would would like to say that that is not to minimize melanoma. Melanoma is very important, very deadly. What I was saying is that I've had more patients cry in my office over hair loss, over melanoma, probably because it impacts them in a much more psychosocial way. And I feel like making an impact in patients' confidence and in something that really just defines a lot of people. They start at the top of their head, it's their hair, and it feels like it just defines and sets their feeling of self-worth. To be able to help people with that has been very great. 
gratifying for me. And also to diagnose and treat melanoma is equally gratifying, if not more, because if you can save lives and you can save hair and do both of those, I think that's a win-win. Yes. And apparently you are very good at that because you also made it the last four years in a row to the Houstonia Magazine's Top Doctors in Houston. And that's not an easy one to get. And in fact, this year you are the president of the Houston Dermatologic Society. And all I can say is that I'm just glad to know a woman who's made it like that. And, and like you said, you're you're married and your daughters are amazing and, and your son. And so that's not an easy feat either to succeed in so many different areas of life. So of course, I am wondering, was there anything in life you struggled with in, in terms of as a physician or as a business owner, because you have a practice and you lead several people? Well, I do feel very fortunate and very humbled at the same time. And I do think that as a physician, I probably struggled with finding my journey towards having my own practice. And that took a while. I didn't start my own practice right out of medical school and residency. I took probably about maybe seven or eight years into private practice was when I co-founded Village Dermatology with another physician. And finding that journey was a little bit of a struggle. I think being an employed physician is wonderful for a lot of physicians. For me, I just felt that I wanted to be able to give more and provide a great experience for my patients in a way that I could control a little bit more. So finding that was a little bit of a struggle. I also felt that I wanted to make sure that once I did it, I did everything right. I think a lot of times um, some of us are a little bit type A about things and you just mm -hmm. want to make sure that you do things the right way. Once I ultimately started my practice, we have been fortunate. There've been ups and downs, but when you start from scratch, it's kind of nice because you can work out some of the kinks and before you get very busy and overwhelmed with patients. Although I did get very busy very quickly since I had already been in practice for several years before starting. So managing that and trying to figure out how to be both a business owner as well as a physician has been hard because you're not only the owner of the practice and the owner of the business, but you're also the person providing the service and the goods. You can't just step back and say, okay, I'm going to be behind the scenes and run everything. I'm going to also be that person who has to work and see patients. So that's balancing everything along with children, sometimes a struggle, mm -hmm. but we do the best we can and try not to fault ourselves for small deficiencies. Yes. Well, again, it seems to me like you have somehow figured it out. And then once you started your practice, were you ever surprised by anything in terms of delegating to people or leading people? I think it's so funny because you hear it over and over and over again, that the hardest part of owning a medical practice is managing people, but you just don't get it until you're there. Mm -hmm. So I do think there have been some ups and downs. There definitely have been some unique employee personalities that I've had to deal with and kind of work through. And so some of that has been kind of surprising to me because you just, you really don't, you don't understand that until you experience it and understand that, well, to lead and to manage, you have to not only set an example, but you also have to have expectations. And both of those can be a little bit hard to juggle at the same time while juggling everything else. And then figuring out who's the right hire. And I think you told me at some point you had a little bit of a struggle on that one. Can you, do you feel comfortable sharing about that? Yeah, absolutely. I do feel that as we started getting busy, 
busy. At first, a lot of the small things, like even opening all the mail and depositing all the checks and doing everything, I pretty much, we did all ourselves and I did a fair share of it. I even did the QuickBooks myself and taught myself how to do all of that. But as I got busy, I realized I really can't do it all. So I started trying to figure out what I could delegate. And I was very, very much interested in having a practice administrator and office manager. And I feel we were very fortunate. I felt this person just fell into my lap. She came from out of state, was moving here for personal reasons. And she was the office manager at a really large dermatology practice out of state. And I just felt, well, this could not be more perfect. She had a lot of accolades. She had great references. And I do think that what happened was that because I took this sort of at face value, I thought, well, this person was managing a practice that was four times as big as my practice. It will be perfect. The individual will be, I mean, I could not think of a better person person to manage our practice. But what happened was, is that I ended up overlooking a lot of deficiencies that I probably would not have overlooked had I been viewing this with more objective eyes. I was very much colored by how much this person either did or claimed to have done for the other practice. I was very blinded by that. And it took me a lot longer to realize that, well, for my practice, this is not necessarily the way that I want things done and the standards that I want. And I think that that did end up delaying a lot of things and kind of realizing that, okay, well, maybe this isn't the best fit and nothing terrible about, about any individual. It's just that there's different fits for different organizations. And I think it's important to realize that what fits your practice might not be what fits other people's practices. And I wasn't aware of that. I, something I had never even thought of could be possible. Well, I think that's such a valuable point. That's probably one of the number one mistakes or assumptions that a lot of leaders make. So what was the moment that you realized, hey, she might've been great in that environment, but not here. And I need to do something about it. It's funny because it was almost a COVID crisis. It happened <laughs> happened at the height of COVID, which I have to say, those were, those were an interesting couple of months, but a couple of series of events and then just made me start looking very closely. I think because I had such faith in this individual, I had made the mistake of stepping too far back and COVID forced me to step very close because I had mm. to look at everything so closely. And then I realized it almost was an epiphany. It was almost an emperor has no closed moment. Mm. And I just thought, wow, this is not getting done the way it's supposed to get done. Mm. And sometimes crises will provide things like that for you, which I think is a blessing. Mm -hmm. And also not saying I would want to go through that again, not that we're past it. But I think that sometimes I do think things happen for a reason. And just being able to look and step back a little bit is sometimes a good thing. Yeah. Well, you've just uh, dropped in another couple of jewels in terms of helping leaders who may not have gone through a crisis with the mindset you have or the attitude you have. So as we start to wrap up the show, is there anything else that you want to share with, with leaders who are either starting their practice or have never been through or have never made it through a crisis? Well, I will say that navigating all this has not been a walk in the park and I, I don't want to make it sound all rosy, but I kept trying to remind myself during those very, very stressful months that I think it is in every organism and species interest to adapt and the ones that adapt the best survive. And I kept trying to think about COVID and how this is a virus and viruses adapt and that's why they survive. And I just kept 
trying to remind myself that we're human beings. We just have to adapt better. We have to try to figure out how to change and morph and adapt to the changing environment. And I think never forgetting that is important. And I felt like that was a good reminder for me too, that you can't stay stagnant. You always have to try to adapt to the current situations because they're always going to change. The climate will change. And if you can go with that flow, hopefully you will keep being successful. Well, and and I know you are because you've got a wait list of patients. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad you've expanded your practice so that uh, new patients can still see doctors in your office and not have to wait several months. So I will make sure and put on the website the link to your practice. But I'm very grateful you took the time out of your busy schedule to be on the show. And I'm grateful that you shared your best practices, but also some of the lessons learned, because I think sometimes we learn more by the mistakes than by all the great things we had. And so thank you for being on the show. And thank you for being the type of parent you are, because I happen to know you from that perspective, too. Oh, absolutely. Thank you as well, Birgit. It's been a pleasure. And I really appreciate your asking me to do this.